All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Be Brown Bag. This week we have Matt Just from VMware at H1 underscore tech underscore Matt. And he's gonna talk to us about what's new in VRNI. So remember, if you want to get in in the conversation, you can use the chat functions in Zoom, or you can also send tweets out to hashtag Be Brown Bag. I'll be looking at both. Uh, remember that we have channels in Spanish for Latin America. We have a channel dedicated to EMEA, to Brazil, and of course, this one for the US. Uh, we have episodes uh, you know, scheduled all across the world. I'm your host, Ariel Sanchez, at Ariel Sanchez More. And now I'm going to give control over to Matt so he can give us all the goodies. Thanks, Ariel. Let me go ahead and uh, share my screen here. Perfect. Okay, so you see it? Look good? Mm hmm. All right, great. Okay, so uh, as Ariel said, my name is Matt Just. I'm a senior technical marketing manager uh, with VMware. I specifically focus on uh, VMware vRealize Network Insight and, and vRealize Network Insight Cloud, um, which I'll talk a little bit about the two consumption methods that the product is offered. And today what I want to do is go through some of the new things that are uh, that we've been doing with the product and, and where the product has gone uh, over, uh, well, it's probably almost uh, five years now since we actually acquired Arkin, uh, who was the original uh, acquisition from for, for Network Insight, and then that product obviously became uh, realized Network Insight. So a lot of things have changed over the years, um, and a lot of new great integrations have come. So uh, looking forward to, to discussing those and covering those tonight. Uh, I'll touch on, uh, keep a look, keep the slides light, uh, and you know, I, like, I know a lot of people like to see uh, live demos and so on, so I'm going to try to do as many live demos as possible within the product uh, and then be glad to answer any of your questions as we go. So um, what would what starting off with vRealize Network Insight. So just to kind of give a high-level review, especially for those of you that are new to the product. Um, the So vRealize Network Insight is a, uh, in a product that allows us to uh, monitor and manage the uh, full end-to-end -end visibility within a network. Being, and when I talk about the network, we're talking about encompassing, you know, a full 360-degree visibility from the virtual infrastructure to the physical infrastructure, all the way out to the branch, the data center to the branch, or out to the public cloud, um, and, and, and even encompassing things like uh, Kubernetes containers and so on. So very deep visibility and analytics, um, all in a single pane of glass that um, is really, really useful, especially uh, for monitoring and troubleshooting uh, within your infrastructure. It's also a great tool because it, it, it's really positioned being a single pane of glass and having visibility into all of these, these various components and, and, and uh, throughout the infrastructures allows various personas within the, the organization, such as your network admins, your security admins, your virtual admins, to all have a single tool to say that they can utilize to get um, access to all of the information they need uh, from, you know, uh, in, in a single pane of glass. So, you know, when we talk about this, we're, you know, we, we, you know, focus on, like I said, users at the end branch or at the end, uh, uh, end users at the branch office, uh, telco networks, public clouds, I mentioned VM, uh, VMs, containers, microservices, um, and, and stitching that all together 
through, uh, again, a single pane of glass. So when we talk about some of the uh, network insight supports as far as the initiatives, so first thing, obviously, when we acquired Arkin, um, we had deep integration, and we still do have, obviously, deep integration that's continued to grow, and a heavy focus on VMware NSX, so dealing with application security planning and networking monitoring within your NSX infrastructure, um, doing micro-segmentation planning, and so on. Um, over the years, uh, we've expanded the product to really support that full array um, of, of products, not just VMware, but third-party also. So, and, and I'll kind of cover that here uh, in, in the demo and in some of the slides. But one of the things would be such as VMware SD-WAN by VeloCloud. We've also put in uh, support for containers, so giving network visibility uh, all the way down to the services level within uh, uh, whether it's Kubernetes, uh, vanilla Kubernetes, PKS, or even OpenShift. Uh, really heavy uh, now, you know, uh, VCF, obviously a big topic, um, so full stack, virtual to physical visibility. Uh, utilizing VRealize Network Insight in your VCF environment. And then also the hybrid cloud. So not just focusing, I mean, we support for uh, getting into obviously things like VMC on AWS or VMware Cloud on AWS, but jumping in even in from a hybrid cloud perspective, whether you're running AWS, uh, let's say EC2 or uh, native Azure and so on, uh, being able to have that hybrid cloud visibility uh, from the data center to the to the public cloud, uh, whether it is VMC or native AWS or native Azure. So when you look at this, you know we kind of start off and I'll let this build out. We we cover various components and use cases. So we're focusing on you know three key things: applications, networking, and security. So encompassing all of that again into the product to be able to provide. You know, application discovery and monitoring, network end-to-end -end troubleshooting and, and uh, traffic and path analytics, latency, network performance. And then from a security perspective, focusing on things like uh, uh, monitoring from a traffic visibility, uh, application modeling, getting into operations and compliance, change audit, uh, and even micro-segmentation uh, planning if you're utilizing a product, uh, uh, you know, software-defined networking such as NSX. So when we look at some of the, you know, as, as I mentioned, you know, going from the branch and the edge, uh, uh, utilizing things like VeloCloud, focusing on the physical network, such as switches, routers, load balancers, and firewalls, uh, focusing on also the virtual infrastructure, so software-defined data center, NSX, VCF. Um, I talked, you know, about containers uh, support with uh, Kubernetes, PKS, and uh, OpenShift, and then same thing with public cloud, VMC, uh, AWS, and Azure. Uh, just, you know, some of the marketer, but uh, had a really good report that's available um, uh, on the VMware website under VRealize Network Insight. Uh, this is going to be uh, a Forrester report that was done um, talking to actual customers that are utilizing the product. Um, it's a full detailed report. If you're interested, uh, there's a link here on the slide. You can download that. But some really interesting numbers that we're seeing coming back from our customers as, you know, we're, we're seeing return uh, on investment and so on. So as you can see, 477% return on investment, which is which is pretty impressive. So next, what I'll do is I'll jump in and talk a little bit about the uh, network insight architecture and scaling. 
So when we look at the architecture for Visualize Network Insight, more at a higher level, the key things to focus on here is the product is you know completely virtualized. So uh, utilizing virtual appliances uh, consists of you know the platform VMs, which are going to be uh, basically your your GUI interface uh, running as a as a virtual appliance, and then your collector VMs, which are doing your data collection from your various data sources, whether it be uh, again, uh, virtual infrastructure, physical infrastructure, or even uh, even uh, cloud. So as you can see here, uh, a lot of different logos you'll see that we that we have integration with. This is constantly growing. Uh, we are in a quarterly release cycle, which is really nice because you know our engineering team has been doing an awesome job on, on uh, every quarter or quarterly release, adding new features, new integrations with third-party vendors, and also with VMware uh, uh, product integrations. So as you can see, they're um, very vendor agnostic uh, as far as we realize network insight goes. And then also, you know, getting into uh, you can, you know, from the collectors and the and the platform VMs, uh, we have also some uh, capabilities around, you know, obviously VMware for upgrades and support, uh, especially if you're utilizing the Realize Network Insight Cloud, which is our SaaS offering uh, that I'll touch on here in a bit. So um, again, talking about the the uh, architecture a little bit here when we're talking about uh, if you realize Network Insight uh, on uh, the on-premises version, uh, we're focusing on obviously a platform VM uh, or cluster of platform VMs that could be deployed, um, which are going to be virtual appliances and again collector virtual machines. And you can kind of see some some of the access, you know, being it's web-based. Uh, we have you know just one-way communication from our collector VM sending you know all of the data. The collector, the nice thing about the collector is it's taking all of that data and let me just let this slide build out here. But we're taking all of the the data that we collect from all of these various data sources, whether it's you know uh, vCenter, NSX, physical switches and routers, you know uh, uh, you know UCS or HP OneView or OneConnect, VeloCloud. Uh, AWS, um, even getting uh, into collecting uh, NetFlow and SFlow from physical networking devices such as switches, load balancers. All of this data is being pulled into the collector uh, virtual machine uh, appliance and is being aggregated. We're doing deduplication and so on, and basically only sending roughly around 30% of the overall data to the platform VM that is actually displaying, you know, obviously the results of the data collection. So most of the data, whether even if it's, a, it, you know, whether it's deployed on premises or if it's deployed in the public cloud, the collector being deployed within the customer's environment, within their, your environment, in your data center, is maintaining all of your data still within the data center and only sending metadata up to the platform VM, especially in the Network Insight Cloud uh, deployment. Whereas, uh, so, you know, you're not sending any type of critical uh, data up to the public cloud, which has you know, always been a, a security concern that everyone's had, especially as they've been adopting uh, SaaS services. So when we look at the second consumption, consumption model is going to be around VUS Network Insight uh, Cloud, uh, which is going to be a hosted SaaS offering. And this is actually hosted by VMware. So what you're going to get here is the platform virtual appliance is actually going to be hosted by VMware, which is really nice because this allows us to monitor 
uh, how this is, uh, you know, how your instance is actually performing, and to be able to do auto scaling on the back end. So as you're spinning up new services or adding new data sources or increasing flows, let's say you have a specific, uh, you know, event going on, um, you know, that uh, kicks off a, a bunch of additional data. Uh, it allows us to really uh, provide uh, additional support from a SaaS uh, offering to be able to allow you to, or to support you to be able to scale on the back end um, as, as you're going. Obviously, you can scale on premises also, um, but it's nice when it's in the Network Insight Cloud uh, services because it's actually being done by VMware and monitored in its automated service on the back end. So when we look at this, very similar uh, model to what we looked at with the on-premises uh, architecture. As I mentioned, the only very uh, difference is, in this case is the VMware Cloud Services is hosting the upgrades and the support and the Network Insight platform uh, in VMware Cloud Services and uh, is communicating with the collector virtual appliance that's running inside the data center or various data centers depending on the size of, of the footprint that we're monitoring within the realized network incident. So moving in and we talk a little bit about how secure is the data and network uh, network insight service. So this is going to be more focusing, you know, if we're, we're talking dealing with um, data going from the customer data center uh, through the collector to network insight VMware cloud services where the platform would be hosted if you're utilizing the realized network insight cloud. Let me go ahead and let this slide build all the way out. So as you can see here, you know, as I mentioned, all of the data coming in, uh, infrastructure, IP, machine naming, routing tables, all of that um, is collected at the collector appliance running inside the data center. And then it, it is encrypted uh, data in motion uh, going up to the public cloud in the SaaS offering, and it is encrypted and stored. And we have uh, various retention models, obviously, where we can store up to 13 months of data. Um, and uh, offer various services in regards to um, plans in regards to, uh, you know, whether you want to sign up for a one-year, two-year, three-year plan, or even do like an on-demand service, uh, which is popular, especially with customers that are dealing with uh, uh, data center acquisitions, uh, M&As, uh, where they're doing, you know, acquiring uh, companies, and then they're looking at the data within that, that uh, data center that they've acquired and looking to do kind of like a lift and shift over to their data center. So they'll drop in and do an on-demand utilizing the Realized Network ins Insight uh, uh, service to actually pull that data and monitor that data and do planning as they're planning their migration and then monitoring the migration as it's actually occurring. And here from a data access standpoint, you can see obviously um, it can be shared, uh, it, it's customer only. VMware as far as monitoring, uh, you know, the performance, um, and then, you know, obviously third party, uh, no, no access for in regards to third party into the uh, cloud services. And then lastly, I'll touch on just a little bit before we get into some of the cool stuff on the, and talk about some of the demo is around the sizing and scaling. So we get a lot of questions around, you know, how can this scale? Um, what's the sizing? And one of the key things to point out when we talk about this is vRealize Network Insight is agentless, which makes it a great product. No agents need to be installed anywhere within the infrastructure, whether it's in, you know, the virtual infrastructure, we're not putting any agents in the VMs, 
no agents within, you know, uh, if we're, you know, integrating with NSX or physical environments, we're not putting separate appliances out and so on for NetFlow collection. So this is actually what, you know, makes it really nice. So it, it totally agentless solution. And, you know, basically where our, our agents, what we consider our agents are all of our integrations with the various vendors, whether it's VMware or third-party vendors, the products folk that we're integrating with are, are uh, acting as the agents that are providing the realized network insight with all the data. So from a performance perspective, you get to see some very great uh, performance numbers. Um, also, you know, depending on where you're deploying uh, on-premises or uh, as a SaaS offering, but as you can see here, um, when we're looking at some of the scaling from some of our current scaling numbers, we offer uh, a t-shirt sizing depending on the environment. So you can kind of get a feel for um, when we're looking at how many flows and how many VMs uh, you can do. When you look at you know, doing an extra large brick size, you can scale up to 100,000 virtual machines. And we actually have customers that have even scaled way beyond 100,000 virtual machines. But just from uh, our base, you know, documents, you can see 100,000 virtual machines at an Excel size, uh, uh, brick size for on the platform. And then same thing on the collector, you can see from a, a, on a per collector basis, an extra large collector can support up to 20,000 virtual machines or 10, 10 million flows per day um, at the largest size, or again, depending on the size of the customer's environment, number of VMs, number of flows, we would deploy, you know, obviously the collector and the platforms in accordance to um, uh, that the sizing requirements. So when we're deploying vRealize Network Insight and vRealize Network Insight Cloud, um, the nice thing is, is being it is a virtual appliance-based product. It is very easy to deploy and very quick to very quick to deploy and easy to deploy. So whether it's an on-premises deployment of vRealize Network Insight. You know, roughly the deployment takes roughly 30 minutes. It's um, you know, honestly you spend probably more time downloading the OVAs than you do actually setting it up and deploying. So um, you're going to deploy the platform OVA. You go in, you'll do your 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 setup. You put in you obviously you know set up your credentials and your network uh, IP address and so on. You're going to generate a collector, uh, generate the collector shared secret. You'll deploy the OVA collector and it will pair with the actual uh, OVA platform and then create that encrypted tunnel um, between the collector and the platform. And then from there, it's adding data sources. So data sources being, you know, vCenter, NSX, uh, Cisco ACI, uh, you name it, any of the, the data sources that we support is, is gonna be going through and adding those data sources and then you, you know, start using Network Insight, pretty simple. The cloud installation actually goes a little bit faster when we're dealing with vRealize Network Insight Cloud. So you can go in and you can requ request a cloud account. So you just go in and, and uh, request. You can get a 30-day free trial for, of vRealize Network Insight Cloud. Um, so you can go in and request a trial. And then that will actually provision. And it's actually going to provision the platform running up in uh, VMware Cloud Services. And then from there, you'll generate your collector shared secret. And then you're going to you'll download the collector OVA, deploy that within your environment, um, and you know assign its IP address and so on. And then it will pair to the public cloud uh, or to VMware cloud services with, to the platform. And then again, it's adding the data sources, and you're off to utilizing VRealize Network Insight. 
So from there, um, I'll go ahead and I'll jump into our live demo environment and kind of show you know some of the the you know the real cool stuff that people typically uh, you know obviously want to see rather than looking at a bunch of slides. So when you log into the product, um, one of the things you'll notice if you haven't seen View Realize Network Insight uh, in a while, um, we've introduced the uh, one of the things we've done is added a dark mode. Uh, that was been one, you know, one of the things that a lot of people kept asking for. So as you can see, we have a dark mode. You can you can come in here and simply toggle that on and off if you like the light mode. Um, but there is the dark mode that you, um, that is, is one of the new features that we've added uh, from a user uh, uh, usability perspective. Other than that, um, you know, just to touch on a couple quick things. You know, one of the nice things about the product is, is it is built around Elasticsearch Engine. So similar to Google, I can come in and start typing in and looking for specific things within my infrastructure. If I'm, you know, targeting on a specific uh, data source or it could be anything, like I could come in and start typing in Cisco uh, as an example, and it's going to give me a bunch of different first-class citizens here, as you can see, that I can start to search on. So we'll give suggestive searches um, as you're actually, you know, typing in. That's going to help you out uh, as far as building out a query that you're, you're focusing on for specific type of data. The other thing to call out is, you know, you see over here, we also have the capability because we are, you know, kind of like a DVR in an essence. You're looking at uh, capture, I mean, we're capturing data and, uh, and holding that data. So depending on where, what you set your retention to, which is customizable under the settings, you can have, you know, obviously up to 13 months of data uh, within the product today. So you can come in and you can simply come in and look for specific, uh, uh, you know, entities or specific things, queries that you want to look for for data. And you can look at, you know, if I want to see something now, if I want to look at it, you know, the last 24 hours, last week, last 30 days, I can specify a specific date and time or even a between time range. And this comes in very handy, especially if you want to do side-by-side -side comparisons of what did it look like 30 days ago and what does it look like today? Um, and I'll show some examples of that. The other thing is just to kind of call out really quick is, um, you know, when we jump into our settings menu, you're going to see uh, various things. You're going to be able to see, obviously, all of the data sources that you're monitoring or, or that you've had added and that you uh, within your infrastructure. You'll be able to go into data management. Um, this is where I can go in and edit my retention and so on as far as how, you know, how long I'm holding events and so on, uh, which is totally customizable. We do support uh, from a event alerting perspective. Uh, one of the cool things that we've added, um, the system events has been growing and growing. Uh, in our latest release in 5.2, uh, we've added support for NSXT 3.0, which also added 35 additional events around NSXT, uh, which has been a you know, real popular topic, especially with the 3.0 release and all the new features. So I can actually come in here and type in NSXT, and it's going to show me all of my various NSXT um, events that the product will alert upon uh, that we're monitoring and so on within the infrastructure. Each one of these can be customized. They can be turned on and off. You can come in and you can adjust them in regards to, you know, the criticality that we can, by default, we have a critical, but you can change that. You can uh, also go in on any event alerting and do inclusion and exclusion lists. And then you can also enable notifications. So um, instead of just receiving the notifications locally within the product, 
you can come in and you can adjust your email frequency that you want to be emailed when the alert acquire, or, uh, occurs, or you can also uh, at the same time end up uh, enabling SNMP traps and sending SNMP traps also uh, when uh, specific alerts come in. So all of this is, is totally customizable within the product. These are predefined canned alerts. Now we can also have user-defined alerts. So every user that logs in can have specific alerts that they want to be alerted upon. So data that they look at and they query upon that they want to know if something changes or if something triggers, you know, and so on. Um, we can see various end users that are uh, looking at uh, or, or that have created alerts in here, and it's basically focusing on data that they want to be alerted upon specifically. So it's really nice that you can come in and you can basically within anything within the product that you want to be alerted upon, you can even create your own user-defined alerts. Lastly, um, just to touch on, so you know, I talked about the various data sources. So as we come into the product, and, and I, I mentioned adding data sources after you install the product, you can come in and you can add the various data sources such as you know vCenter. Uh, NSX manager for, so this would be NSX for data center, NSX v for uh, V or v, uh, vSphere. You're going to see NSXT, uh, Velo Cloud, uh, Cisco ASI or ASR and ISRs if you're going to do like an SD-WAN assessment or as we call it pre-SD-WAN assessment, um, wanting to analyze traffic on your WAN routers, uh, MPLS and internet and look at what the, uh, you know, what the, before and after picture is going to look like if you were to go with a SD-WAN solution like VMware uh, SD-WAN by VeloCloud. Uh, again, public cloud, we're monitoring the vCenters, the NSX managers up in uh, VMC and AWS, uh, AWS, uh, native AWS and Azure, uh, our various container support, as you can see from a firewall perspective, uh, latest version, we support Palo Alto, Checkpoint, Cisco ASA, and Fortinet, which have been some of the major uh, players that our customers uh, have requested. From a converged infrastructure, uh, Cisco UCS, HP Virtual Connect, HP OneView, uh, routers and switches, you can see the various models um, and vendors that we support, so whether it's from Cisco Catalyst to Cisco Nexus, um, to basically all Arista switches, Brocade, Juniper, Dell, uh, the various Dell models that they offer, even the new Dell OS 10, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and then even getting into like Brocade. And then we have a generic router switch option also. So this allows you to utilize an SDK that we have, an open SDK that you can run and actually do data collection from any type of router switch that we may not have native support for today and do data collection from that and pull that into the Realize Network Insight so that that data is included, let's say when you're looking at a uh, VM to VM mapping or, uh, or uh, a mapping from a data center to the branch, you wanna include a, a specific um, a router switch that we do not have data support for today. That, that actually dovetails into um, the first question that we're getting here, which I, I really think has uh, several levels or maybe there's like three questions in one. So the actual question is uh, from Ken Nelbone, is there a good way for people to test VRNI in a non-prod environment uh, where they where there may not be much traffic being generated? And he also mentions, well, or even a home lab. And I think uh, probably we could we could take it through through several levels, right? You've probably seen a lot of cases. Uh, how do people normally test this, and how do they normally get started, especially when you, they have to use the generic router? 
Um, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, there's, you can, first of all, yeah, you can obviously um, test it in the home lab. You can test it in a non-production environment. If, you know, in, in the customer environment, if you want to test it in, you know, in the lab and the environment, um, you can absolutely do that. So two things, one, you can choose the way that you want to consume the product, uh, whether it's going to be the on-premises model or the cloud, uh, network inside cloud. And if you want to do the on-premises version, you can actually go to the, our website and you can sign up or, uh, for a free trial and you'll actually download the two OVAs, the platform and the collector. You'll deploy those within your environment and set those up. And that will actually give you a 60-day uh, free trial of the on-premises version and that's basically a fully unlocked product. So you can add whatever data sources you may have within your lab um, and uh, start looking at you know, the, the data that you can actually pull from those. Same thing goes for Realize Network Inside Cloud. If you want to consume from the cloud perspective, you can go on and, and sign up for the, uh, the cloud trial. That's going to give you a 30-day trial. Um, basically, you'll download the collector, deploy it within your lab or your non-prod environment and you're going to, uh, again, have a 30-day free trial, full access to the product, no, no limitations as far as uh, what you can do with it. As far as the generic router switch goes, so if I click on the generic router switch, you'll notice one of the things in here is there's a UCSDK to uh, create and upload the device configuration. Sample scripts are available at the VMware GitHub. So if you click on GitHub here, this will actually open up the GitHub webpage. And this is actually going to take you to the SDK right in GitHub and give you all of the examples. And then what we've done is we've started, um, you know, not only uh, you know us within VMware, but customers have started adding templates and so on for various uh, routers and switches that um, they that they've uh, built out or, or done uh, collection against from a template perspective. So um, and we, we built it so that you can actually. Um, share those those various data sources um, on GitHub uh, within within uh, the SDK. That's an awesome answer. Thank you so much. Yep. So let me bounce back here, and then just to you know continue touching on some of the uh, things you know um, we do integrate with Cisco ACI. Uh, that's been a, a very popular integration. We've actually seen a lot of traction. Um, one of the nice things is, is, you know, the difference obviously between adding, you know, let's say your Cisco Nexus 9Ks um, as individual uh, uh, switches within the infrastructure. When you're doing Cisco ACI, because the APIC is managing the uh, network fabric, um, we actually integrate directly with the APIC. And through that integration to the APIC, it eliminates the need of going in and adding in the Nexus switches individually. Um, or utilizing the API if you're doing like a bulk uh, add of switches. So through the APIC, we're able to actually learn about the entire fabric and gather all the data that we need to actually show, you know, various data um, within the environment, including, you know, paths and so on. I did mention also we do physical flow collection. So if you want to do NetFlow and SFlow collection uh, from physical networking devices, uh, you can absolutely do that um, and send those to Realize Network Insight. Uh, we have deep integration with Log Insight, InfoBlocks for DNS, F5 uh, Big IP load balancers, along with the NSX load balancers. And then from a CMDB perspective, we have integration with ServiceNow, 
allowing us to take applications that are that you, you know you define within ServiceNow or have defined within ServiceNow and um, learning about those and pulling those into Be Realized Network Insight to ingest and monitor within the product. So let me jump back to the main screen. And let's, you know, there's there's various approaches obviously that we can take when we're when we're troubleshooting uh, an issue within a, a network. So, you know, a lot of the times the key thing that triggers an issue is an end user is experiencing an issue um, with uh, an application to say. And, you know, at that point, nobody knows if it's the, the physical network um, underlay, if it's the virtual network, if it's the uh, physical host, if it's the virtual machine. I mean, obviously, there's so many different constructs. But there's a firewall rule blocking, um, you know, access and so on. So the beautiful thing about Network Insight is because we're pulling in all of that data from all those various aspects, we can come in and I can say, okay, I have an end user calling in and complaining that they're having an issue with an application. Um, so I can, you know, come in, I can click on application. And this is now going to pull me into our application dashboard where I can see all of the various applications that I'm monitoring within my infrastructure. And what I can see here from a high level view is, and, and we toggle these off, is one, I can see, you know, I can come to this application and, and we'll focus on this one, the high training application. So let's say an end user is having an issue and they say, hey, I'm trying to access you know, a, a video in, in Hive and it's not playing correctly. It's you know, seeing all types of uh, buffer issues and so on. Can you take a look at that? Now, when we're on the screen here, one of the things you can look at is you can see how many tiers make up your application. You can also look at things like members, how many VMs, how many physical IPs, or even services. So it could be a, an application where it's running, you know, a v, running VMs and uh, uh, containers um, inside that application. Now, we can also look at all of our applications here that we're monitoring. Each one of the hexagons here is representing a application. I highlight over it, it's showing me, obviously, the application, the member count, the tier count, and I get uh, detailed data around, you know, if I had dropped any flows, is it unprotected, um, and so on. Now we can also toggle in and say, okay, show me all applications that have unprotected flows. Now this is part of the integration obviously with around VMware NSX. So if we um, are looking at flows that um, are occurring within the application that we see there is no uh, NSX distributed firewall rule associated to that flow, we're gonna indicate that there's obviously unprotected flows in that application. So it makes it really easy to find if you've got applications that um, have unprotected flows, even after you may have implemented something like microsegmentation, zero trust, and new flows spin up over time, um, you're going to get alerted that there's unprotected flows occurring in that application. We can also come in and say, show me all applications that are talking to the internet. So I can click in and I can see all my applications that have active communication going to the internet, and I can launch in and click on any of those lines to see all of the actual flows coming in and out of uh, from the internet. We can also look at things like, show me all my shared services. So any of these uh, applications that have lit up with a green hexagon are now showing me applications sharing services such as Active Directory or DNS within my infrastructure. And then lastly, I can say, show me all applications where problems are detected. And this is when we're in, and when I say, problems, we're, we're not just talking specifically a VM problem or, uh, you know, a vCenter issue. We're talking, you know, looking at the problem from a 
the virtual infrastructure and the physical infrastructure and encompassing that, even public cloud or VMC. So if we see any types of issues um, with any of those elements, depending on you know what, what makes the application, we're going to indicate that there's an issue within that actual application. Lastly, uh, before I jump into, you know, from a troubleshooting scenario, to call out when we're discovering applications, we have a lot of different ways that we can discover applications. Um, it's a lot, that's, you know, obviously a big challenge is a lot of times customers don't know what makes up an application in their data center, or they may have old legacy applications and they're, they're trying to figure that out. Because we're seeing flows 24 seven and all the communication occurring within the infrastructure, we have various ways that we can discover applications such as utilizing tags we can utilize service now integration as i mentioned we can utilize naming conventions um, we can utilize regex so if you're into using regular expression we have a regular expression builder where you can specify a sample vm you can click on that and you're going to see what the regular expression is uh, whether you want to look at it on a position or a group basis and it's going to show you the application name the vms and so on so you can utilize regular expression if you have a lot of, it, that comes in handy, especially where you have a lot of uh, VMs and so on that are in a similar naming uh, convention. Lastly, what to call out is machine learning. So we introduced in 5.2, our latest release, machine learning, which is actually allowing us to go in and allowing the product to automatically discover and, and provide you with recommendations as to what we feel is an application. And this is actually very, very, very accurate. So as you can see here, I can come in and I can select my scope. So I can say, I want to look at either all flows in my data center, or I can come in and I can choose an entity, you know, choose various entities, you know, whether it's a, a VLAN or a vCenter um, or overlay such as VXLAN or, or Geneve. Um, there's a lot of different uh, entities that I can choose. And then I can click submit and it's going to start um, looking at obviously uh, data or, or looking at all those flows and start to give you suggestions as to what what we see as an application. So you're going to see the application name that um, and, and we build these out. So it always starts off with app and then we encompass the uh, whether you know the virtual machine names that we're seeing. Uh, we'll, we utilize various uh, names from that to kind of give you an idea as to what we're seeing this uh, as an application. So here you can see the confidence level. So as uh, VRealize Network Insight is utilizing machine learning to discover, um, obviously, you know, high being highest level of confidence um, is going to tell you, you know, from when I, if I look at, for instance, um, this, this suggested application here, I can see the recommendation of tiers. I can see the recommendation of the virtual machines, how many, and then I can actually expand this and I can see the two suggested tiers, the VMs in, uh, suggested for each tier, and then the names of those virtual machines that should go within those tiers. And then if you wanted to customize this, if I hit save and I want to monitor it, let's say I don't like the name of my application or the suggested name, you can easily customize any of these. The same thing with your tier names. Um, you can modify them, uh, you know, as you see fit. But, you know, the product is going to provide you with the recommendations just based off of what we're pulling from things like, the names of the VMs and so on, and the type of traffic that we're monitoring uh, or seeing um, going between those virtual machines. So let me jump back to applications, and I'll jump into uh, our Hive training application. 
I mentioned, you know, like from an end user perspective, I get a call saying, you know, that they're having issues with the application. So as this pulls up, what this is going to do is this is going to give me an overview of my application now. So I'm going to see any events that are going on. I'm going to see all my uh, what my incoming traffic looks like, what the change over the last 24 hours has been, what is my outgoing traffic and any change, how many flows do I have within the application, um, how many flows that we detect with problems, and that being uh, flows that we see that are unprotected uh, from a security perspective or flows that have degraded over time. So we actually are measuring TCP round trip time within the applications of all, of all the flows. And if we start to see that, you know, let's say an app, or a flow is running on average around 100 milliseconds, if that starts to deviate over a period of time, over, uh, let's say, a 24-hour period of time within a, you know, a, a specified uh, percentage, we're going to alert as that is a, uh, you know, a degraded flow that can be investigated and looked at. We're also showing uh, GOIP lookup, so we'll show various countries and the changes um, as far as you know access coming in and out from the internet, and then showing you what makes up the application, the VMs, the physical IPs. Um, in this case, and, and if any VM goes down, we're going to alert upon that. When we look at the actual uh, topology mapping here, we're going to see this is a two-tier application. So I actually have my video tier, which is, and this is a hybrid application. So the front end of my application is just a single VM running in vCenter in my data center. The back end of my application, as you can see here, is running in AWS EC2, so that it was just my storage tier. So I've got communication back and forth between my tiers. And then I have encompassed other entities, such as my shared virtual services, so these are you know, Active Directory DNS, shared physical resources. Others is going to be things like other applications that this application may be communicating with, so I can see all flows from the tiers going to, uh, to those. And then what you can see also is not only just flows going to the internet, but I can also bring in, if I want to see, looking at from a branch perspective, I can say, okay, well, you know, um, here's my Rotterdam branch, here's my Detroit branch. These are end users at these branches that are uh, utilizing this application. As I zoom in, you're actually going to get more, more and more detailed information. You're going to see all the various end users. Um, and any end users with active flows. So you'll see these are just, you know, these could be people sitting on their, their MacBook connected to Wi-Fi uh, at the branch or, or Ethernet, and they're, they're, you know, accessing the, this application. So let me zoom back out. And over here, what we can do is we can look at, so right now all, I'm looking at all flows occurring within the application. I can also come in and say, show me all unprotected flows. So now any red line here is showing me flows that are unprotected. And this is uh, the unprotected flows portion is, is an integration with NSX, whereas if we don't see any NSX distributed firewall uh, rule that is associated to the flow, then we're gonna mark it as unprotected to let you know that you, know, you should take a look at that um, from a microsegmentation planning or secure, uh, you know, adding a uh, security policy to that flow. The other thing that we can do is we can say, show me degraded flows. So again, I mentioned degraded flows is when we're looking at the TCP round trip time. So I can come in and for instance, I can click on the full line between my video tier and others. And I'm gonna see all of my communication to my various endpoints, you know, video to others, others to video, uh, unprotected flows, and then I'm gonna see my degraded flows. And if I click on my degraded flow, 
I'm going to see here from my service endpoint, I've got one flow that we've detected, and we can see the max average of the TCP round trip time deviation was 787.1 milliseconds, whereas the, the typical max average of the round trip time is uh, deep change. It was around 241.2%. So this, this obviously, this flow is, is majorly degraded, um, and I can launch into the flow and then start doing some troubleshooting around what, what may be causing that flow to degrade. Now, going back to all flows, um, again, within our application view, um, I can scroll down and show, you know, obviously we're monitoring all events that are occurring within this application. The application uh, member managers, such as the vCenter that's managing the front end, the AWS account on the back end. We're looking at things like what's new. So if we see, you know, um, your, your incoming and outgoing traffic, any type of analytical events, uh, external services accessed within the last 24 hours, uh, application ports used in the last 24 hours. So you can see the various application ports, the associated number of flows, and then the, the sum of the total traffic. And any of these you can click on and, and start doing deep dives and looking at the flows. We can look at various metrics around, uh, you know, the performance. So I can see my high video server. I can see from a throughput perspective on the front end how that's performing over time. Um, if there was Kubernetes uh, or containers uh, in this application, we would see that also. We're also going to be able to see things like top talkers by flows in the last 24 hours. So we can see, you know, VMs of end user, or VMs or specific IPs such as end users, the associated number of flows and how much traffic we're seeing between uh, those two. We're also looking at top application flows by, by rule. So this is going to be the firewall rule in regards to if NSX is in play. So we can see right here, this has just got the default rules um, on the NSX distributed uh, uh, firewalls. And we can see the count of flows and the total traffic. And then we also include the capability of doing micro-segmentation planning right within the application. So you can come in, you can see the various tiers. Again, I can focus on my video tier. I can uh, keep focus and I can see all of my outgoing, incoming, and bi-directional traffic that is occurring from my video tier to my branches, to my storage tier, to the internet. And I can click on any one of these and look at the specific flows, uh, you know, if, if I wanted to, or I can just simply click on the tier itself. And this is now gonna open up and it's gonna show me all flows going to all tiers, including things like the internet, shared virtual and so on. So we can see all of the count of flows, the external services accessed, um, but more importantly, we get this recommended firewall rules. So if you want to do any type of firewall rules, whether it's in an NSX distributed firewall or even a physical firewall, you're going to see a, a recommended firewall rule um, option where we're going to show you what these, the source, the destination, the service that um, we're seeing, the protocol, the recommended, and we take a whitelisting approach. So we're, we're whitelisting um, because we're monitoring all flows uh, that we're seeing currently in the application. So there are, obviously there is some you know, security forensics that needs to take place uh, when you're looking at this to determine and say, hey, um, you know, let's, I'm just going to pick on DNS here, that this port looks you know, uh, you know, mysterious and, and something that I may not want to um, allow. I may want to deny that so I can come over here and uncheck that before I export my rules and uh, import those into like, let's say the NSX distributed firewall, or if I'm gonna use them for a physical firewall. 
The other nice thing is, is if I expand on this, I can also see on the suggested rule, I can see um, also the related flows. And then I can see if NSX is being used in the environment, I can see the matching firewall rules that we are seeing that are currently there that are associated to this flow. Now that, you know, by default, when you install NSX, there's going to be that or default rule that's the allow uh, or any, any allow all. So that's what we're seeing here. And we would consider this unprotected flow because obviously uh, we haven't implemented a rule yet. It's just allowing all traffic. So uh, as we implement microsegmentation um, and security, we would start to see the rules that are applied um, uh, specifically uh, touching these flows. So let me bounce back to the application. Now I can take a look at this. Now one of the things you'll notice also is I've got you know these little red circles that are appearing. So these are telling me that I've got issues within the application. You also see we have the physical network uh, represented here. Now the virtual or the video uh, tier on the front end of my application in vCenter is obviously traversing some type of physical underlay that um, I can look at also. So in this case, I see that I've got an alert on my physical underlay. So I can click on this alert. And what this is going to do is it's now going to open up and it's going to show me that on this switch, which is a, uh, it happens to be a Dell S5248 uh, switch. You're going to see the vendor, the, the manager, the model. Um, you're going to see the number of ports. And then as I expand upon this, you're going to see things like the switch port table. You're going to get the port keys, the operational status, what VLANs are allowed to traverse e each Ethernet port. What is the MTU configuration on that Ethernet port? What is its speed, its duplex? All of this is read-only information, so nobody can go in and change anything. But what you're doing is you're getting that, you know, again, from a single pane of glass view, it helps to be able to, you know, depending on who's troubleshooting the issue, to be able to see and, and, and look at this type of data um, as, we're, as we're analyzing the issue. Now, I can see down here that we have a switch port buffer threshold exceeded event. When I look at this and I expand upon this event, I can see here that on this switch, I'm getting a message telling me that on Ethernet 1129, the uh, metric interface peak buffer utilization is uh, at 19.5 meg, exceeds the threshold value of 9.5 meg, so it's triggering this alert. And uh, we're going to give recommendations, obviously, as to what you can start looking at that may be causing this, this buffer threshold to be uh, triggered. So from here, with, based on this alert, I can simply click on Ethernet 1129. And now this is now going to open up and take me to the exact time and date that the alert occurred. So I can look at and see you know, what events have occurred um, specifically and what you know, the event we just looked at. We can see the configurations, uh, what the configuration status was of that Ethernet port when that alert came in. So we can see it was enabled, the admin status up. We can see what VLANs were allowed to traverse that port at that time, the MAC address, the MTU, the interface speed. We get all of the data um, around this interface, including you know the switch that it's on. But even more importantly, we can see the peer port. So on my peer port, I can see that this switch is uh, the switch interface is connected to an ESX uh, host here on VMNIC3. And we can look at this vice versa too. If we looked at the host, we could uh, physical NIC, we could see which peer port it's connected to uh, on the physical underlay, uh, So, it, it, which comes in really handy if you're doing uh, troubleshooting. 
We're also going to be able to see what VMs are connected to that port and traversing that port at the time that the alert took place. So I can see, you know, I've had six VMs. Um, and then I can also see specific data, which I'll expand upon this, maximize it. So I can see data that we're pulling from, from this switch where I can see my network traffic rate is basically hitting 10 gigs. And that's, that port is only a 10 gig port. I can see the TX rate is running um, roughly at 10 gigs. The RX side, the receive side is only at 31 meg. But down here through streaming telemetry that we're pulling from the Trident chipsets, Broadcom chipsets on the switch, we're actually seeing that the uh, buffer is saturated at 19.5 megs and we're dropping around 14,000 packets, which obviously would be impacting the performance of the application, which is actually traversing this, this ethernet port. So from here, I can go and start looking at, okay, well, which VM is, uh, or what is causing all of this uh, traffic congestion? Um, or if I wanted to, you know, quickly resolve it for the end user, um, I could go in and simply V motion the, v, the uh, Hive uh, video server VM off of this uh, physical host and move it to a different host where I know there's not port congestion and then come back and take a look at see what was caught, you know, what's causing the port congestion so we can take it from, you know, obviously multiple approaches. We can also jump to the current time and look at how is it performing at the current time. Obviously, we still have a lot of congestion going on. We still have six virtual machines. We can see some of the virtual machines are reporting some issues right now. And then we can also see, again, you know, what's the state of this internet or Ethernet interface currently. So if someone made a change and, and removed some VLANs or added them, we're going to be able to see those differences. So let me bounce back. So that's one way, you know, from an application perspective, I can go in and I can, you know, I can pinpoint that uh, down to, let's say, an Ethernet interface. The other thing that I can do is I can come in and, and let's say that user is that contacted me is from the Rotterdam branch. So I can come in and I can do a key focus on the Rotterdam branch. And I can see here that I have flows going from the Rotterdam branch to the front end of our application. So I can click on that front, uh, those flows, and it's going to give me a list of all the various service endpoints and the ports and the, the number of flows associated um, that are going. So I can see I've got 24 flows from the router branch to the video tier. One of them is, is considered unprotected. I can filter down on various entities. I can come and say, you know, show me you know, what has the highest traffic. So I can see here I've got one that's running at 3.1 gig. So we can focus on this. This is going to our high video server. So I'll launch into this flow. And this is now going to pull up the flow record and allow us to view the communication that's occurring. And I can see there's someone actually accessing the application right now or trying to. So I can see the data around, you know, uh, throughput and so on um, from the end user at this IP address at the Rotterdam branch that is connecting into the data center um, uh, in Washington to our high video server. I get all of my information around source IP, destination, destination port, protocol, what VM they're accessing, um, it, what is the VLAN that they're on, what is the VLAN that the VM is on, uh, vCenter constructs such as folders and clusters and so on. Um, I'm also seeing things like applied firewall rules, uh, again, uh, that may be touching this flow if NSX is installed. And then if this user is going across SD-WAN, I'm also seeing the applied SD-WAN policies that are in place. So I can see 
the two policies, one at the Rotterdam branch, one at the Washington data center, the traffic priority classification and the link steering that is being utilized on the SD-WAN edges at each one of these locations. I can come in also and uh, add some additional metrics if I wanted to. I could say, hey, show me what the average TCP round trip time is for this user. So as anytime there's active communication, I can actually now add in the top line here, which is showing me my average TCP round trip time measurements while this user's uh, accessing or you trying to access this application. And then I can even take it a step further and say, I wanna see what the path looks like from my end user going to the front end of my application. So now I'm gonna open up and see a layer three view and a layer two view of the multiple hops that this end user is taking from the Rotterdam branch over, uh, in this case, the SD-WAN overlay into our data center. So if I maximize this view, what this is going to do, and, and we have a, a legend you know, with path details that you can enable that's gonna give you a hop by hop of everything that you're traversing. But I can see the physical IP of the end user at the Rotterdam branch. I can look at the VLAN that they're connected to behind the, the VeloCloud edge. So I can see the edge they're connected to, the VLAN, the SVI, the segment, I can see which edge interfaces uh, this VLAN is also uh, provisioned on. I can come in and I can click on the VeloCloud edge that's running at this branch and get detailed information on how it's performing. So I can see it's connected, it's activated, what model edge this is, what software version, what is the primary VeloCloud gateway, the secondary, the super gateway, um, what is the VCO, what profile, what internet links is it utilizing uh, KPN on, on Gig Ethernet 1? And again, more detailed information around any type of analytic events that may be going off, such as right now latency. Um, so if I come and look at this, I can see when I've had uh, latency on my interface um, exceed a specific threshold. Um, and also, the, you know, if a, if a link is not healthy uh, from an ISP perspective. We were going to get the path that's now going to show us, you know, when we're doing this, this is branch to branch, VP, or branch to branch overlay uh, going through a hub. So I can even look at what hub they're they're going through, the VeloCloud hub and all the detailed information. Arriving into the Washington data center, the VLAN that they're, they're uh, uh, that this VM is sitting behind on the VeloCloud edge. I can click on the physical underlay and I can see the information around the VRF in this case. We are VRF aware. So I can see this is this is a Dell S5248. Uh, information around uh, the manager, the router, if NAT's configured, um, information around the routing table in path and the router interfaces that are in path and any type of events on this uh, that may be impacting communication um, from this VRF, physic on this physical VRF on this Dell switch going um, uh, into, let's say, our virtual overlay uh, in NSX. And that you can see here that this is running NSX, so I can look at, you know, hop by hop. I can look at look at the physical NIC. I can get the configuration around the operational and the admin status, what VLANs the physical NIC can traverse, uh, the MAC address, the MTU, the speed, what type of server this is on. It's on a PowerEdge R740. Um, but what, you know, one of the key things that to point out is I can see the peer port, which again is our Ethernet 1129 the, uh, which is that interface that we looked at that's actually experiencing um, uh, packet drop due to buffer congestion. 
and we can see that the, the name of the switch also here, and we can click in and launch into any one of those entities. And then we go in and we can see it, it's, it's utilizing VLAN 500. We come up, we hit, in this case, this is using NSX register, so we can see the ESG configuration. So our virtual edge router connecting to our physical underlay. We can see the, you know, it's OSPF configuration or if it was running BGP, the routing table, routing interfaces and, and all of their configuration. We can see the next hop um, to our, our uh, distributed logical router and we can look at that. We can see the VXLANs and then as we come up and we're coming to the front end of our application, I can click on the distributed firewall. I can see any firewall rules that are configured in path from the end user to the virtual machine to determine if I have any uh, security firewall rules that might be impacting access to that virtual machine. And then again, as we arrive at the front end of our application, which is our high video server virtual machine. So uh, pretty powerful on being able to map uh, through various constructs. And I know we're getting short on time. So um, the last thing I'll, I'll pull up here really quick is, you know, I talk about paths. When we're, we, you know, we can support paths from, you know, not just VMware, but from any third party vendors and so on. So in this case, uh, this path here actually happens to be from that same application, but this is showing from the front end of the application communicating to the back end running in AWS. So I can see that high video server. I can see it going through the NSX components, through our physical underlay, um, uh, utilizing SD-WAN to jump over to a hub site, which is at another data center. Um, going through, we're utilizing NSX in that data center. And we actually have a virtual router with a IPsec VPN tunnel that is terminating the AWS session um, uh, for uh, the VPC. Uh, so we can see the VPN gateway, uh, we can see the VPN connection, we can look at those. And then we can see it as it comes up into AWS EC2, we can look at the virtual private gateway that it's terminating on, uh, get the detailed information there and even look at the AWS firewall rules in EC2 that are configured in the path from source to destination. And, and you know, wanna look at those and make sure that they're not impacting uh, that path. Uh, again, as I scroll through uh, some of these paths, you can see, you know, going from a non-NSX environment into like an NSXT environment, traversing things like uh, an F5 load balancer, uh, a Palo Alto physical firewall. So we can see here, you know, Palo Alto PA3220, uh, I get all the information, the routing table, the routing interfaces and path, and even the firewall rules configured on that physical firewall that are in path um, uh, from source to destination. We look at, um, also we can look at things from an F5 perspective. So I can see here that, you know, between these two virtual machines, when I come out of one physical host and go uh, to the first hop, I'm hitting, in this case, an Arista 7050. So this is coming into this Arista switch. I can see the routing table, the interfaces and so on and the configuration. I can see that it goes through our Palo Alto uh, firewall. And then the next top is going to be an F5 load balancer. So when I click on this, it's gonna show me that all the details around the F5 load balancer. Um, I can see this is an I5800, the routing table and path, the routing interfaces and all their status. But if I come in and I choose a VIP, so if I change and I want to add, um, see from a load balancing perspective, it's now going to redraw this path and it's now going to 
not only include the F5 routing components that I just showed you, it's actually going to include now the load balancing components. So here's the routing components that we looked at for that BRF. But if I click on the load balancer, I can now see the VIP. I can see the service port, the load balancer type. It's running a, a performance HTTP. It's using round robin. And I can see my pool numbers here. I can see the port, the VM, uh, or that these are VMs. We'll show if they're VMs or physical entities. The status, the application uh, node name or IP. So this is Web01, Web02. And then I can simply click View Path, and it's now going to redraw the path, um, showing it going to Web02 or Web01. Uh, so we can actually see all of the load balancing components, um, both in uh, F5 and NSX load balancers. I just want to say that if I was yeah. a network, an enterprise network admin, this level of visibility across solutions is amazing. And probably they don't have, you know, this could even serve as documentation, right? Because I don't think anybody has this level of detail for, for every app that they have. No. And that and, and that's the big, you know, um, that that's the thing that sets networking set apart from competitive products is we're, you know, one of the products that encompasses the virtual infrastructure, the physical infrastructure, and puts it all in one and supporting a uh, vendor agnostic model, multiple vendors. It doesn't matter if, you know, hop by hop, if it changes from Arista to Cisco to Dell, we're going to be able to model and show out all of the paths um, and give you all of the data that you need to understand how a application is communicating um, and, you know, an example could be if I, someone came in on this ACI fabric here um, and I came in on my spine and I made a routing change. And let's say I changed the BGP uh, routing configuration and it had an impact where now instead of going through X amount of hops to get from source to destination, I'm now increased from, you know, uh, let's, let's say 10 hops to 20 hops. I can now do a side-by-side -side comparison at the specific date and time and because and we'll trigger an alert letting you know that there's been a change that occurred. I can look at that when that happened. I can go back to that time, look at it, what it looked like before, what it looked like after, and, be, and what changed and say, okay, well, this routing change that occurred just now increased um, you know, additional hops from source to destination, which may be impacting performance. And I can go back if I wanted to and roll back that change, you know, obviously uh, changing that routing configuration. That's so, great. yeah, very, very powerful in, in stitching it all together and providing that, that single pane of glass for the network admin, the security admin, and the virtual admin. Yeah. So, sorry I interrupted you, but I just thought that it was amazing. <laughs> oh, no, no. It is. It is very powerful. Um, same thing goes for looking at paths in public cloud. So this is just running strictly... Uh, and AWS CC2, so it's VM to VM that we're passing, uh, running, you know, this is a full application running um, in AWS, so I can see the VPC, I can see the firewall, the routers, and so on. We can look at um, VM communication that are just going over overlay. We also can look at, you know, as I talked about, SD-WAN communication. I can see um, uh, AWS application, let's say two VMs communicating on the same host in AWS. Um, and as I come further down, um, we can also look at things like um, communication from a, a uh, on-premises on, on uh, uh, 
virtual machine communicating up, you know, through a VPN tunnel into, uh, in this case, um, VMC. So this is actually VMC. So I can see, the, you know, the firewall uh, configuration on the NSX uh, firewall running in VMC. I can see the NSX uh, tier one router here. And as it communicates to our virtual machine uh, running up in VMC on AWS. So as you can see, very powerful on all the various paths that you can actually model out. Um, no matter who the vendor uh, is or what the path is, all of these are dynamically built out. As soon as you add the, the data sources into the product, you do not have to manually build any of these out. You will learn about these paths through the crawling methods that we utilize and uh, discovering the data and uh, be able to provide this for you. And with that, um, I'm going to, that's pretty much what I was hope, you know, hoping to kind of demonstrate and cover today. Um, on on uh, the Brown Bay. Perfect. I only had one more question because, um, you know, when you show that that application, I just wanted to get a feel for how difficult it is to to build that application. Um, I I think I've heard some people say that this solution can help you map some applications. Could you just talk a little bit about that? And that's just selfish for me because I'm interested. <laughs> You said as far as uh, help build the application? So it basically helps you uncover relationships, right? I've, I've heard that uh, VR and I can help you uh, figure out what's talking to what, and that helps you build applications, you know, the application maps or, or relationships in a bit of an easier way. So you, yeah. don't have, you don't have to demo it particularly. I just want to hear about it, you know, how people use yeah. it. So, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. So we, we can absolutely do that. So... Again, as I mentioned for a long time, or for you know, we we had different ways where you can kind of come in and add an application manually based off the of tags or service now or naming conventions. But the the key thing is utilizing the machine learning, as I mentioned. So this is this is studying the how or all flows that are occurring between the virtual machines, uh, Kubernetes services, physical, uh, you know, um, let's say physical database that's running uh, on bare metal analyzing those flows and then building out a recommendation or providing the application that we're, that we detect, the confidence level that we're detecting it, um, providing a breakout of the tiers, the number of VMs that would make up that application. So as you can see this long list here, this is, these are just based off of communication occurring in my infrastructure and it's building out 57 applications that it's recommending uh, that I can come in and I can say, okay, well, here I've got an application. I want to come in. I want to click, um, if I click save on this application, and I, let's just say I, I save it, it's now going to go through. It saved that application. So I can close this. And now if I come over to applications and we look for the, um, what, the app. You have it there, the number, the third one, fun bike. Uh, Second. Oh, it's actually this one here. Oh, sorry. It, it would start with that because, it, you know, discovers. So if I actually click on the app fun bike, then what this is going to do is now open up to that application view and show you the, you know, the build out. So depending on how much data and what's going on, this is just a two tier, but now it's showing me, it's giving me all that model data, the managers and so on, but I can see the two tiers for the application. I can zoom in on these. I can see, this is uh, the DV tier, so I see I can see the DVO2, 
the DVL1, and over here I can see um, the uh, the other um, uh, VM that's uh, provisioned for load balancing. This is uh, the DB load balancer, so it's created another tier, and I can see the communication that's occurring. So yes, you can actually you can absolutely uh, utilize the, the product will um, build out uh, the applications for you utilizing machine learning. And it does seem that even even me, which I'm traditionally a systems engineer can understand this interface and pretty much build the applications by myself. So really cool. Thank you so much for showing that. Yeah, no problem. And I really, and like I said, I, um, I really appreciate also uh, you guys having me on the show. Perfect. Uh, I don't have any more questions for you. Um, what I will do right now is I'll, I'll stop the recording. And right after that, I'll open up the mics to see if anybody has any questions. But again, thank you so much, so much Matt. And thank you everybody for seeing this video.